Good morning. This is Christine DiGiacomo, and today's morning briefing is called Controversial, 1 Timothy 2. Some people like controversy. Indeed, some thrive on it and just plain like a good lusty argument. 1 Timothy chapter 2 has been controversial in the church since it was written, particularly the part about women. But first, we must bear in mind that this chapter, all 15 verses, has to do with worship services. Prayer must have a central role, interceding for others, thanking God, and praying for our governing authorities. All is to be done with the understanding of the grace extended us through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, giving us access to God our Father. And most importantly, is this peek into our Father's heart. God wants all to be saved, everyone. From there, Paul directs his comments to men and then women, including a particular woman. He writes, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. Intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Catch that? God wants all to be saved. He writes, For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating, just telling the truth. Now, friends, with regard to men, he writes this, In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. End quote. Gentlemen, he's saying, come with clean hands and heart to lift them in prayer to a holy God. And as Paul turns his attention toward women, an understanding of the times is critical. Ephesus was the center of the worldwide following of Artemis, called Diana by the Romans. And the temple of Artemis was so huge, it loomed over everything in the city. It was an amazing presence. Artemis was the fertility goddess with two dozen bare breasts, and everything about worship of her was hypersexualized. There was nothing understated or modest about her or those who adorned themselves in worship of her. There was color and gold everywhere. The image itself of Artemis was this huge golden image. Well, there's no wonder then that Paul wanted a distinction drawn between women devoted to God and coming to worship him and wanted them to look and act differently. He writes, And I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God 
should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. End quote. Apparently, one woman in particular was causing considerable problems in Timothy's congregation, joining her voice to those of the other false teachers about whom Paul had already been writing. She caused dissension and distraction and all sorts of troubles. So he continues writing, Women should learn quietly and submissively. I do not let women teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly. For God made Adam first, and afterward he made Eve. That's verses 1 through 12 of chapter 2 of 1 Timothy. Wow. Okay, most important of all, worship of a holy God. A God whose love for us is unchangeable. A God who desires that all should come to know him. All should be saved. Anything after that has to do with order. In this case, order within the worship setting. Many wise and learned Greek scholars and theologians over hundreds of years have read what they refer to as the original texts and still come up with quite different answers about what Paul was saying here about the role of women in the church. Clearly, the scripture must always be read and viewed in the context of its placement within the larger text as well as its historical and cultural setting. Cultural settings change. Our church worship services, expressions, and structures are light years away from the church young Timothy pastored. Well, i got to stop there today, so there'll be more to follow. But at this point, let me just say this. From this passage, let's not focus on men, women, but the one thing that is unchangeable is our God and His love for us. But we will come back, talk more about what He was saying in actuality about women and keeping silent. Until then.